0: Welcome to another edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. And, and the, uh, the Rick and Bubba University podcast, uh, you know, is, is unique. It's a 45-minute it's conversation every week outside of the main show that runs every week. Now, if you found us just by searching for podcasts uh, and you're not even aware of the Rick and Bubba show outside of this, uh, go to rickandbubba.com, spell out the word and. We, we do a nationally syndicated radio show uh, every day. It's heard in various markets at various times. Uh, there's all kinds of ways to to get more Rick and Bubba. So if all you ever have ever heard is a 45-minute conversation, if you desire more, there's much more. We got uh, it. We we got we it. We got it. So, Bubba, I, I'm really excited today. Marcel Stamps is going to to be – he is our guest. Uh, he's the pride of Brantley, Alabama. Uh, played for the University of Alabama 2004-2008 at linebacker. And uh, I, I did not even know that bare-knuckle fighting – existed. I knew about the MMA and Marcel, you know, does do mixed martial arts, but bare knuckle fighting uh is is a real thing and Marcel <laughs> Stamps joins us. Marcel, welcome to Rick and Bub University the podcast.
1: How you guys doing, man?
2: Well, Marcel, we're honored to have you and yeah, you know, we knew that there was a lot of different type of fighting out there. The MMA has obviously got very big now. But uh- we, I, you know, Rick, I really didn't know they was uh sanctioned
0: bare knuckle boxing. We joke about it sometimes, but I didn't know it really existed. Yeah, I, I want to ask you this, Marcel, because I can see this vision as a matter of fact, uh we we do a lot of men's ministry. We actually have a t-shirt that has two of those guys from the 1800s, and you know, and yeah. they, they've got their knuckles up in the air and they're standing <laughs> in the circle. yeah, Th- this is this is what this is, right? This is a throwback to the 1800s when when guys would get in a ring. Everybody'd gather around, and two guys would just duke it out. I remember they called it that duking it out with just your Definitely,
1: man. It's (laughs) going back to uh, the roots of what everything started at boxing, MMA. It all started with, uh, like you said, like the man on man and just uh, duke them up and just go, go at it.
2: Marcel, help us to understand this because we, we don't know the rules. What When is a bout over? Do you have to knock somebody out, or is how does this end?
1: Uh, there, there's a, a few different ways. It can be um, ended by uh, TKO, KO just like boxing. Um, you know, the opponent can say that they don't want to go anymore. Um, they can stop it if the cuts are too bad where it's bleeding in the – some of the, the fighters' eyes too bad or a cut too bad, just like any other sport, MMA. Like if you got a bad cut where they can't stop it or if it's uh, broke something broken, uh, TKO, or just they – I think they count the punches pretty much like boxing.
0: Well, Marcia, I'm, I'm looking right now because we can see you, for those of you that have the YouTube version of the podcast, and I got to tell you, uh, the, uh, the 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 marks on your face, I, I don't see – you seem to have fared – pretty well just when I said that I lost your picture like like you didn't want me to see your face uh but uh, but we we just see stamps phone iPhone right now you're back but yeah
1: so, somebody was calling in man it's that time well, but everybody everybody
0: knew you was gonna be on Rick and Bubba the podcast so Marcel you you don't look like you have been cut up too much it looks means, like you fared pretty well you fared pretty well because that's one of the I'll things I tell
1: you what when when I got in this to, to fighting in itself everybody said you have to pick your poison on what you want your bread and butter to be I wanted my bread and butter to be striking. So striking is my thing. I, I, I'm a fighter, but I don't like to be touched. So uh, I I do a lot of the uh, basic stuff over and over and over and over, fundamentals, uh, to keep myself looking like this.
0: Yeah, but because, you know, I, uh, Adler was talking about it, and he, he follows MMA, and he I know that you do that as well. And he said, uh, you know, unlike boxing, you know, those gloves are there. You know, you can – you can move your head. You can let, let them graze you. But when it's bare knuckle, uh, I mean, you can get cut up pretty good. I mean, this uh, – And hurt your hand. Yeah, and, and <laughs> yeah, and there's that part of it too, not breaking your hand on somebody. So uh, what what is the biggest difference about having to do bare knuckle versus MMA?
1: Uh, the wonderful era is a lot uh, bigger, I would say. You know, like you said, like you got those padded gloves with everything else that protection – so people think that uh, the gloves protect a little bit more, so they don't. They can throw a little bit harder. They can do a little bit different, you know, movement and, and throw a little bit different. As far as with uh, the bare knuckle, like the the margin for error is so much bigger because if you miss, you know, there's so much more now that can happen. Uh, as far as with punching going, the only good thing is you don't have to worry about takedowns or kicks.
2: Right. <laughs> well, be, so you cannot kick like you could in MMA. This is this is like boxing just without the gloves.
1: Yeah, it's pretty much boxing without the gloves. The only thing different is because not having the gloves on you can clench. So now you can use one hand to clinch. Whereas in boxing you really can't clinch because because you have the gloves on, so you really can't hold the head.
2: So you're saying you can hang on to them in this?
1: Yeah, you can you can actually clinch, you can hold on to them. The riff of block like they'll end up. Uh, breaking them up just like uh, boxing, but yeah, you can clinch.
2: When did you first see this and say, Hey, I think that's for me?
1: Uh, it kind of came to me, man. I, I did MMA, I used to fight 170, I couldn't get anybody to fight me at 170 because I was so big. Uh, <laughs> I, I went to 85, I started knocking everybody out so nobody really wanted to fight me at 85. Uh, opportunity came where I could fight Kendall Grove, which was a UFC guy. And I was like, "Hey, why not? Nobody else will fight me." So I tried this, tried it, knocked him out. The rest is history.
0: Yeah. I, so, so they when they when they saw you knock because you had a knockout in the very first time, like I say that you that you went at it uh, at that point, you 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 knew you had kind of found your sweet spot, and and this seems to be just like MMA. I mean, we grew up when we grew up it was boxing. Yeah. That that was the biggest. Everybody watched it. We knew all the especially the heavyweight champs and the middleweight champs. Cuz it was on regular TV. And it was on regular then, TV yeah. and anybody could watch it. But but then boxing kind of went away uh and and you didn't really even know who the heavyweight champion was and you know that used to be a household name. And then MMA really started grabbing a lot of market share and it and it feels like uh, the 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 bare knuckle fighting is starting to pick up momentum as well.
1: It definitely is. Uh I can say um, there's a lot less concussions. You have more cuts than concussions. Uh, if, if a person don't mind cuts, uh, then it's definitely a sport for them. Like uh, a lot of guys don't throw as hard just because they're so probably so afraid of like breaking something, you know, I'm from Alabama, so I produce a lot of power. So Deontay's not the only one that <laughs> has power around here. So like for me, I'm trying to knock everybody out. I'm tr- I don't get paid for overtime. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, we'll come back. I want to talk more about th- this journey, and then we want to talk a little bit about your days, obviously playing from uh, for Alabama, because you have a unique perspective of watching two one era in and another one begin. Uh, so we'll come back more with Marcel Stamps uh, on this uh, edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, talking with Marcel Stamps. Uh, who uh, is talking to us mainly about uh, his participation in bare-knuckle fighting. If you, if you do not know about this sport, uh, it, it is on the rise, uh, and uh, Marcel is, is one of the best. He's actually uh, has, has fought, if you're watching this or listening to it over the weekend, in Birmingham just this past Friday night. Uh, and, uh, and when you're listening to this, Marcel, you'll already know how you did uh, to, <laughs> with your opponent because uh, this is actually going to play the day after the, the actual fight on Friday night in Birmingham. But can I ask you this? Did you uh, – somebody's trying to call you again. Uh, did you – could you fight pretty- – Dante didn't like that last comment. No, that, He's that may, that may be yeah. Dante called you saying, <laughs> I just took the gloves off and I'm standing somewhere. Uh, boy, I wouldn't want him to hit me. I, I really uh, wouldn't. Uh, uh, but but uh, Marcel – I did, would want him to hit me with a pillow. Because when I was growing up, you know, it, it wasn't like now. I mean, people didn't go to jail for things that happened at school and nobody had guns or – you know, now every now and then you'd see a knife. But, uh, but I mean – most of the time when we grew up really bare knuckle fighting somebody in your neighborhood or at school, I mean, it wasn't that abnormal. I mean, you know, and and it usually didn't escalate into anybody going to jail or anything like that. Could you defend yourself pretty good just in life growing up? Did you ever get in scuffles a lot?
1: Um, I did kind of, but you know, when we were playing sports, uh, that was one of those things that kind of frowned upon. We had to always like try to, uh walk a different way than just everybody else so I did up until I guess like when I first actually you know grew up until probably about 13 14 I used to fight all my cousins and the neighbors (laughs) and stuff like that so definitely done a lot of fighting I never thought that I would get into fighting because like I was you know I fought so much when I was younger uh but then like I said as I got older kind of got out of it and kind of wanted to do more sports
2: Marcel, let's, uh, let, let's flash back a little bit, uh, as Rick had mentioned earlier, because you probably have a very unique perspective on this, your time playing for Alabama and Tuscaloosa. Uh, you were there at the end of the Mike Shula run and the beginning of the Nick Saban run. Talk a little bit about the difference in, in those two and uh, how, how Coach Saban maybe influenced you uh, after football.
1: Man, it's not, it was night and day, uh, not taking anything from Coach Shuler, but I don't think that uh, as being a head coach, the aspect and the way that both of them looked at uh, the game was totally different. Um, I thought Coach Shuler was a lot more lenient of trying to be more, you know, befriend with the players, whereas saving it was more of a business. You know, if you don't perform, you don't, you know, do what you need to do, then the next person is going to step in. I'm not going to beg you to do anything. I'm not going to keep in, asking you over and over and over. You know, it's attention to details. Do what you need to do. So uh, it was definitely night and day different. Um, I remember when Coach Saban came in, the first time he came in, when he was telling everybody to buy into the program, we still had that Shula era of, uh, you know, Simeon, uh, Tim, uh, Rolando McClain, you know, all those guys like that you know, he was telling us to buy into the program. And I remember when we went in to do uh, mat drills uh, during the springtime. He brought everybody in there and he let everybody know, hey, you know, there's a bunch of Indians out here, but I'm the only chief that's going to be doing anything right <laughs> here. And uh, I remember having garbage cans around the inside facility and um, guys that was on scholarship, you know, it was so hard that guys on scholarship was just running out, you know, running out, and you know, come the next day, wouldn't even see them like in their locker just because it was so hard. And uh, the way that the, I think the biggest thing was um, uh, his expectations, man. They were so high and he demanded so much that a lot of the guys that was in the Shula era were so used to a lot being handed to us that, you know, the whole transition was a lot different. So as you can see, you know, with the uh, trail that he's left so far,
0: so let me ask you this, Marcel, kind of expanding on that. There, there, what we were told, and you were there, so you, you know the truth of this, is that Shula had come from a father who coached in the NFL. He'd always been around the NFL. And he didn't seem, even though he'd played college football, obviously, uh, for Alabama, he seemed to try to run a college program like a, a professional program, meaning you should be self-motivated uh, you you you, are, you need to treat this like a job, and as you said, he was a little more laid back. Was that accurate? Did it feel more like he was it, trying it, to?
1: Uh,
0: it uh, was. You know. I
1: I think he's more of a, a position specific uh, coach instead of a all around like you know kind of like saving. You know, saving lets everybody know that you know from you know the uh, general manager to the coaches to the players that everybody has to be on the same court as his. Or, you know, then he don't want to deal with it at all. It's either his way or no way at all. Whereas, you know, like I said, Shula was, like you were just saying, more of a pleaser trying to please everybody.
0: Yeah, the, 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 we've heard this about the process with, with Saban, and we also heard that when he when he got there because of that high standard, and you saw it, that he made it pretty clear that just because you're at Alabama before I got here – uh, you may not meet my standard, and you need to find somewhere else to play. Did, did he immediately go into that mode of I'm going to find the guys that play the way I want them to play? So I don't care how long you've been here. Some of y'all can't play. Definitely, for me.
1: definitely. Yeah. He's gonna. He he was there to weed out the ones that felt like uh, they supposed to be there and not earn being there. You know, like because when he came there, you know, he didn't know anybody that was there besides some of the guys that he recruited before he went to Miami. But other than that, like, he really didn't care. Everybody on his, in his position, the way he looked at it, everybody was at ground zero. There wasn't anybody that was higher than the other, So everybody had to prove themselves to get a position, which he, that that's exactly how he treated it.
2: it. It is funny, the different approaches, because it seems like, like you were talking about, Rick, Mike's uh, approach to this was more of the pro uh, approach and really what appears to work maybe better in the pros versus – coach Saban's approach which was a little more military uh in, in its alignment and seems to work better in college but maybe not in the pros.
0: Yeah, I mean because you know I think the age different I believe that men uh at, at the age you're at when you're in college and I'm using the the word men loosely we're usually we're not quite we've all been there. We're right? probably yeah. not quite men yet. We're, we're we're aspiring men that when we're that young we do need more of the authoritative uh, kind of, um, it, it's my way or no way approach because we don't we, we we seem to respond to that now. Once we become grown men and we're getting paid more than you are to play the game, it, it's a different environment and and I think that may be to your point, Bubba, why Saban was not as successful in the De- NFL. Definitely,
1: yeah. I I think that Saban he's Saban is more of uh, a person that wants to actually mold, uh, like you said, the young men into being better characters overall. And I think he had that same mentality when he went into NFL because a lot of those guys that was in NFL was guys that was up under him when he was in college.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So he still probably had that same approach where those guys were getting paid just as much as he was getting paid. So at that aspect, they just thinking like, why do I need to listen to what you're saying? Because my job's on the line too. Whereas yeah. like we're at Bama, you know, he's more molding and not just for uh, – you know, sports related, you know, people don't realize how much he actually, you know, have attention to detail as far as with uh, going to classes, making sure that, you know, these guys uh, get their degree. So um, I think he's definitely more of a better better coach just for molding the men to be better men.
0: Yeah. And so you're not surprised you look at the state of the program right now. The success. So, I yeah. see, so you're oh, not yeah, surprised it's nah. a success, he said.
1: Nah. Not at all. Yeah. yeah, I I actually wish I could have been there a little bit later because <laughs> yeah. like it's just crazy. Like just with the two years I had with him, you know, the things that like I picked up and like you know for for the person that I am now, a lot of the things that like I uh inst- that was instilled in in me come from you know like his mindset of thinking.
0: Well, we're going to come out and talk more about that because I want to ask how that now applies to what you're doing now. Uh, when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast continues. All right, so Bubba, this is really more even your area than mine, but but I I, I understand that you you hope you don't get in a situation uh, that's catastrophic, but we still need to be prepared. And I know now more than ever, you and I do the show every week. We do it every day, and we have people saying, "What do you think? Where do you think we're headed?" In this country, what do, what do you think is going to happen? And, and so we, we want to point you, not for you to live your life anxious or anything like that, but prepared uh, to my patriot supply. Uh, yeah, I mean, you look around sometimes, you see the civil unrest that we have. You know, you look around and, and, you know, could the economy crash again? You just never know. And there's one thing that you're always going to need, and that that is food. Um, you know, if you get to the point where we're just having a hard time, you know, uh, paying the bills. But you always got to have food. So you, you don't need to run out of food. That's why we recommend getting yourself some long-term storage emergency food. And my Patriot Supply—they're the best in the business. America's leader in self-reliance. So there's nothing wrong with just saying, if if it, you hope you never have to use it, but it, but if you have to use it, you got it. And this this very special food lasts up to 25 years wow. in storage. So it's there if you were to ever need it. The kind of the way we look at insurance. What about an insurance policy that you can eat if you need to? Right now, you can save $50 off their four-week supply of delicious meals. They give you 2,000 calories a day, and that's what you're going to need uh, you know, to survive. Saving $50 is, is kind of hard to pass up, so don't. Go to prepare with preparewithrickandbubba.com and stock up. That's prepare with preparewithrickandbubba.com. Uh, and you know what? There's no time to lose. Go ahead and do it now. Then you have peace of mind. Welcome back to Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Our guest is Marcel Stamps. Marcel, let me ask
2: you this. We were talking about the transition from uh, uh, the Shula era to the Saban era. Uh, In those two years you played with Coach Saban, was there a game or a point in the season on the field where you went, hey, this this is working, this is a new day, things are changing? Was there a point where you remember thinking, hey, this is a new deal?
1: Uh, yeah, that's pretty much when he stepped in there and, <laughs> and started to uh demand way more. like so I'm not saying like you know, Schuler didn't demand a lot, but when coach saving came there, man, it was strict. A lot of things were strict. We had curfews. We had uh you know, constantly had people come to like our classes making sure we was on you know time for classes. If you missed them, you had to run. If you didn't if you missed your meeting, you have to run. If you missed class, you had to run. If he wasn't on time, you had to run. So, you know, just his mindset when he got there, definitely I knew. I was like, this is is definitely, you know, uh, 360 turn from everything that I, had, I was used to.
0: So let's talk about how that applies to what you're doing now. I mean, I, I, we say this all the time. I, I certainly believe there's great men in society that never played football, right. however, or participated in sports. But there, there's a lot of things that, that sports teach uh, those of us that have played that we, that stay with us for the rest of our life. And we, I mean, we, we apply those things to our work. So do you think, uh, did Saban play a role? Were you already self-motivated or did he did he play a role? Because obviously what you're doing now requires tremendous discipline, uh, tremendous discipline. So, have you applied some of the things that you learned when you did play uh, uh, for for Saban to the work ethic of what you do now?
1: Uh, Definitely. Um, The discipline, uh, timing. uh, Let's see, discipline, timing, uh, just the work work ethic, knowing that, like, there is – no time to have a chip on your shoulder, uh, have poor me's, um, definitely like, uh, waiting for, like putting yourself in a position where, when the opportunity, you know, meets preparation that you can you know, make the best of it.
2: Marcel, tell us a little bit, uh, uh, first off, let me ask you too, what, what is your record so far?
1: So with uh, bare knuckle, is three and one right now. Uh, MMA, I am five and two, and then boxing, I am three and zero. My you, you box too? <laughs> I, doing, doing it all. What, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, so, so you you yeah, man. What
2: what is the for as far as the bare knuckle boxing? Because we we've kind of been focusing on it a little bit. What is the – what's the spacing in between a, a match? I mean, how That's long do you need to recover? I know in the big boxing matches, same, it seems like they take a long time.
1: Same as, same as all other sports, man. It's one minute. <laughs> no,
2: yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, we're talking no, about – No, I like, mean, between a, a like, match, yeah. like if you're you you you're supposed to fight this Friday night, when would you be available to yeah. fight again? Physically, when you, you do it again?
1: Uh, Man, I, I, me, like, as long as there's no, like, bad cuts, no, like, crazy injuries, just like MMA, boxing, I'll, I'll fight, like, right behind it. They normally give you a 30-day suspension, even with any sport, they give you a 30-day suspension, like, for just medical purposes. So, usually, it's, like, a, a month.
0: What, so you, you, you do MMA, you do, you do boxing, traditional boxing, you do now bare knuckle uh, uh, boxing or fighting because it it is fighting, but so which one does Marcel like to do? I mean, you say, this is the one I like, this is the one I prefer the most. Do you have a favorite?
1: Uh, probably it will probably be bare knuckle because with MMA, I have to train so many different aspects. I got to do boxing. I got to do wrestling. I got to do jujitsu. I got to do judo. I got to do, uh, Muay Thai, you know, with, with the bare knuckle is just Striking, and then it's two minute rounds. Like when I do MMA, it's five minute rounds.
0: Hey, yeah, that, that's a. And I guess yeah, I heard you talking to Adler before we started the podcast. When you saw that uh, that, that leg get snapped yeah, uh, the, in that MMA fight, just just man, I mean, uh, th- does that kind of stuff does it affect you mentally, or do you know that's the case?
1: It, it don't. It don't, man. Mm-hmm. That's one of those things. That's a part of the sport. I've broken my hand. Uh, I've Tore tendons in my in my foot, uh, dislocated my rib. That's just part of the sport, man.
2: So, how, how long does a normal bare knuckle boxing match last? I mean, uh, how, how many? Do you, you you said you go in rounds, but I mean, do they are they over quicker?
1: Ten, ten minute, ten, ten minute. And
0: and after was telling me in the bare knuckle, they usually don't go ten minutes. Uh, a, a lot, most of this, a lot of them can be because it happens pretty quick sometimes, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, sometimes it's one of those things, man. It doesn't. It's like I said, it's a it's a big window to make a small error. So it don't take much to uh, put somebody out.
0: So let's let's take boxing now, because I know the MMA because it has all other moves. That's pretty pretty obvious. But if I'm boxing versus bare knuckle, I got the gloves on versus bare knuckle. And, and bare knuckle, and and I'm sorry, I'm not as familiar with it, but now I want to see it. Am I throwing combinations and? And all like I yeah. do in boxing, or am I just trying same, to brawl?
1: Same thing with like, you got guys who want to brawl, you got guys who want to box. It's just the preference of the actual fighter, just like with boxing. Boxing, you got guys that want to sit there and and, and point a, a person down, and you got to uh, fight guys that's like, uh, uh, what's the guy about fault, Floyd? Uh, that was just like straight down the middle and just yep. want to brawl.
0: When you look at what you're doing, I, I mean, I, I know you're three and one in, in the bare knuckle. What happened in the one? What, what 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 went wrong? Yeah, what what did you do wrong? You wish you had back.
1: Uh, I went up the heavyweight. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh,
0: yeah, that's a, I need to. I yeah, uh, one seventy five, one eighty five. You all right? So yeah, more so I,
1: I didn't have it. I didn't have enough rocks in my pocket. Actually I <laughs> broke my hand in the in the first round. So oh, I actually won I won the first three rounds. I broke my hand the first round, but the guy just kept coming being a heavyweight. And like by the fourth round, I just told him I was like, I can't go anymore. My hands my hands are broken. I can't do it. Yeah. So okay. uh, that that was that was my one. My one was from fighting the heavyweight. A so, lot of people don't even know that. So yeah. And <laughs> for me to even make want to hear something funny, so I I was actually 204 pounds so i was under the he- the heavyweight Ooh. mark so i went to walmart and bought uh weights that go in a vest and i kept my pants on and i put them all so i can wait 216 <laughs> no you did not
0: so now you- now we're telling everything on the on rick and Bubba university so you didn't even weigh what you needed to weigh
1: i didn't yeah i didn't even weigh he was probably about 50 pounds 60 pounds heavier than me
0: well you had to know you wanted to know what that heavyweight would be like? You say the biggest difference was you broke your hand. Did you break it on his head? What what did you break it on? On his head. Yeah, on his head. <laughs> so
2: Marcel, I, I don't want I don't want you to give away your your secrets, but I mean, if let's just say a a normal run of the mill bare knuckle boxer, and and I'm I'm fighting you in the in the ring. What what am I trying to go for to knock you out? What what is where is the spot you go? If I get that, he's a goner.
1: Ah oh, man, it's hard, man. I try to work every aspect of the game. So, uh that's a hard one, man. I guess. Are you just they, trying they can, to
2: land any shot you can, yeah. or do you have a that particular pretty, spot you go? If I get that jaw, he's gone.
1: Just pretty much, I like I. So my first fight, I got knocked down, got back up, and knocked the guy out. So you know, you really can't say that it's going to be a knockout thing. I've been tested; my chin's been tested as far as being knocked down. So you you can just pretty much throw up a prayer.
0: So so when all right, I'll, let's come back. I want to get this. I want to talk more about this. Uh, we're talking to Marcel Stamps. We're talking about bare knuckle boxing. His he also being part of uh, the Alabama football program in the transition from Shula uh, to Sabin. We've talked about that as well. But we'll come back more with Marcel Stamps when Rick and Bubba University the podcast continues. All right. So Bubba, we've been talking about these Raycon earbuds. Have you, the audience has gone crazy. They have, Rick. I mean, Rick. I mean audience, uh, listen. Uh, to matter them. of fact, I wish I had some right now. I know they, 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 they go nuts about these Raycon earbuds, and I'll tell you why. Uh, you know, when the other earbud companies came out with it, you know, everybody said, well, this must be the only brand. They cost a fortune. I've got these white things hanging out of my ears. I feel silly. But you didn't think there was any choice. Well, the Raycon E25s, they fit discreetly. They're comfortable. They look sharp. They sound fantastic. They're about half the price of the others. We love them. And you know what? They've got the customizable gel tips to even, uh, for even more comfort, uh, a range of cool colors, uh, six hours worth of playtime on one charge. So if you would like to save an additional 15%, now this is off earbuds that already about half what the others want to charge you, go to buyraycon.com slash pod. That's buyraycon.com slash pod. Pod, and that's going to get you an additional 15% off that's buyraycon.com slash Rick and Bubba pod. We're back. We're talking with Marcel stamps on this edition of Rick and Bubba university, the podcast. So what I was going to ask you, Marcel, going to the break. So when you're, you're talking about getting knocked out, we, we, we talk, you talk about hitting somebody on the chin, hitting somebody, you know, on the nose, so, so what is it? Is, is, is I guess it's similar to boxing, but with bare knuckles, it's a little different because you got to be careful about breaking your hands. But uh, are you, try- I mean,
1: you? Hey, hey, yeah. You say that, yeah. But Deontay has broken his hand like four times. Well, that's three, true. Four oh, yeah. times. that's yeah. true. So, that's- so what? So the thing is, when you have—that's the thing. A lot of people don't realize when we have gloves on, people get a false security to think that they can I throw see. as hard as they can throw. I see. So, at the end of the day, it really don't matter if you got boxing gloves or not. If you hit somebody on the top of their head, or if you hit them on the elbow, or if you hit them in the places where it can possibly break your break your hand, it doesn't matter if you got gloves on or not. They're okay. gonna break.
0: Okay, because I mean back back in the day, you know, when when before Jesus, I, I would fight. I don't. I hope I don't have to physically fight anymore. But unless somebody makes me. But, but, but you I, me. Yeah, me. yeah, in those days I used yeah, to, we I, may need you out here, from time but, to time. but in those days I, I was I would, know, I probably look for more trouble than, than, you know, that was it's not a lot of it was on me, but, but my deal was I was trying to hit somebody as hard as I possibly could, but I'm, I'm hearing from you. That's not wise in any really boxing or bare knuckle, because I need to be more strategic and strike. Is that what you're talking about?
1: Definitely. It's uh, the, as, as fighting goes, man, it's more strategic than anything. And a lot of film. So I watch a lot of film. It rolls over from, you know, the saving thing. That was another thing that I, I took from him. Like, even with fighting, I watch a lot of film on my guys because at the end of the day, uh, what a guy knows and what a guy bread and butter is and what their uh, basics are is what they're going to go to in the end, no matter how much they change. Same thing with football. Yeah. You know, football, these guys can do all these different schemes. But when them schemes don't work, what do they do? They go back to what they, what they know. Yeah.
2: Marcel, I, I can't help but notice you've mentioned Dante a few times. Uh, have do you do you know him? Have you had a conversation with him, I do. Him? Yeah,
1: I I, I haven't um, done a ton with him, but I've actually done quite a bit of uh, boxing up that way. So I actually uh, with with Coach Cuz and all of those up at uh, uh, his gym. So I've I've actually done a lot of my striking throughout the time that I've been fighting up there at uh, Wilder's camp. So.
2: Do do you ever get in the ring, spar with him oh, a little bit? No, no,
1: no. nah, and, and I don't ever plan on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, you. Yeah. I mean, don't don't get. I'm not. Don't get me wrong. You know, like I, I'm not crazy, <laughs> but I, am, I'm, I'm smart. You know, I, I ain't that crazy, like to get in there. Like, well, I don't think that it go all crazy with us. But uh, he definitely knows what he's doing, man. It's a different uh, level to it.
2: I, I've always loved the saying, "Discretion is the greater part of valor." <laughs> you know, you got to pick your fights,
1: right. Yeah, there's always somebody
0: that can take you, so just avoid him. You know, it's (laughs) it's one of those. So when you tell us that you do MMA, you do boxing, and you do bare knuckle, I'm just trying to picture like I'm your agent or your handler. What are we doing? Are we just saying we are here? We have Marcel stamps and we are ready. What what do how do you organize that? Like this, now I'm gonna be involved in MMA. Now I'm gonna go box a little bit. Now I'm gonna bare knuckle. How do you organize all that?
1: uh there's all the time so i stay i'm like eric and i we both played at, at uh Bama. so we one of those that like we constantly are training like every day so for me i'm at a position where if a fight comes up box, MMA, whatever and it's the uh the perks matches what we think is worth we'll take it
0: so I, Marcel, I'm, I'm thinking about you. Said you do the boxing, you do the MMA, and then you do the the bare knuckle. And so what I'm picturing is like we, you know, we do have people say we need Rick and Bubba to come to this, or hey, we want Rick to speak here and Bubba to do that. Do you just sit down with, with Eric and you go, all right? He says we got the, here's an MMA opportunity. Here's what it pays. Here's who you would be fighting. Over here we've got a boxing opportunity. Here's a bare knuckle opportunity and you just kind of sit down and and look at the best opportunities and, and and pick is that how it works
1: uh well right now I've been doing a lot of bad knuckles so it's kind of like when they got stuff scheduled if I'm not busy then I'll you know like if something come up like say like boxing they have boxing all the time people get hurt uh get injured and they're like hey we need to fill in you know it's this much if a person come in to fight like, so I pick up a lot of fights like that, that, you know, people have got hurt throughout camp and they're trying to find somebody else to uh, fill in, uh, but I don't have a specific just because I'm training everything throughout, like, the whole year.
2: Marcel, let's talk about the the weight cuts and and that. How, how tall are you and how much do you weigh now?
1: Uh, I am 6'3", and I used to walk around about 200 uh, at the most, 205.
0: So, But you usually fight, looking at your uh, bio and everything here, 175, 185?
1: Yeah, I used to fight between 175. So when I train all the time, I'm walking around about 195. So I usually cut down to like 185. 85 is my normal uh, fight. Uh, so how, and, how, how
2: do you lose that weight for that? How do you prepare for that?
1: Uh, like a wrestler, man. Uh, you know, water load, blow your body up. And then just, just when I diet and I eat right, I actually drop probably about 10 pounds and then I'll have like maybe seven, eight of pounds of water that I'll lose. But, uh, I just pretty much diet and eat right.
0: So, well, there it is again, <laughs> eating good food and, and exercise, because I know, I, I mean, I, I had at one time just trying to work on some cardio. The guy that was working with me said, let's do a little boxing. And I wasn't doing anything but throwing combinations. Yeah, you get tired when, quick. Wasn't nobody yeah. hitting me back. I was just throwing combinations. And <laughs> I wouldn't
2: even do a lot of footwork. No, And I remember
0: him <laughs> asking me, he said, how long do you think you've been throwing combinations? I said, man, I've probably been at it two minutes. He said, you've been at it 30 seconds. <laughs> and I was like, 30 seconds? And he said, now now imagine somebody hitting you back. So I know the kind of shape you got to be in to box. Same thing for MMA and, and, and the bare knuckle. Is it, is it all just, I mean, it, you have to be in tremendous shape because it takes so much out of you.
1: Definitely, man. And if you and and you have to be pretty smart at what you do. So you gotta know how to utilize those punches. See when you was punching, you was punching without a purpose. So you was just punch <laughs> mm-hmm. so like, you know, when it comes to that, you gotta have a purpose and you gotta know why you're doing what you're doing and the consequences or you know good or bad for what you're doing. So uh that and then learning how to control your heart rate, learning how to control uh um your adrenaline and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, because I, 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 it can get away from you really, really quick. Especially when I went over and started. Uh, I mean, when, 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 he, when I had to go over. It's one thing to throw at the pads, right? But right. when I take you over to the bag, I mean, and that that bag. And finally, the trainer said, "Look, the you that that thing is just drawing all your energy out. Be quick, man. Be, just concentrate more on being quicker than how hard you can hit this thing." Because he oh, said, yeah. "He said that's sucking the energy out of it."
1: <laughs> it does, yeah. Trying to throw a lot of power and. And uh, not having good footwork, and like I said, just power in itself burns out fast.
2: When you were talking about controlling your adrenaline, what what do you mean? Do you mean yeah. getting too 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 excited before a match, or at a point, or 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 how does that play out? What's even, that look like?
1: Even during a match, even during the match, you know, like some people, uh, you know, you get in a bad position, and naturally, you know, bad thoughts goes in your mind. So when that happens, your adrenaline goes up. And not knowing how to control that, it uh, depletes your energy faster. So you got to stay comfortable uh, <sighs> and rely on your uh, technique and your skills to know that, okay, I'm in a bad position. I'm not going to panic. When you panic, you know, everybody know when you panic, like it, yeah. everything shoots up. Anxiety. Yeah. And then that's your adrenaline. And then you have a dump. So just learning how to control that.
0: How much sleep you get, I would think that sleep's important to You, you got to sleep, right?
1: Oh yeah, like I I try to get uh, eight hours minimum at least.
0: So let us talk about you, you you Marcel Stamps has played linebacker in the SEC. That's not a small accomplishment. You have done bare knuckle boxing. You have done boxing, and you have done MMA. Which one was the most difficult on you as a, as a person? The hardest uh, one to do.
1: Probably my two years with Coach Saving. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, so so he said that 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 was that was quite a uh, an accomplishment to come through that, wouldn't it?
1: It was, man. It was me- mentally like it was it was definitely like an uh, aspect that I had to like really work really hard uh, to try to transition into because we worked from five o'clock that morning until twelve o'clock the next night because you know like we still had study hall. We got up at five thirty in the morning to do mat like mat drills. Uh then we have classes from uh like eight o'clock yeah. to twelve. But then in between you had to find time to come up and do specific workouts which your position. Then you had to be back up there at three o'clock. Three o'clock we would work out at three o'clock, do film study for like an hour and a half, then go practice. Go back to study hall, the study hall for almost like four or five hours before you had to go to sleep, wake up, do the same thing again every day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, my oldest son played uh, in the SEC, and and I, I really believe, and it, and it amazes me the players that do get in trouble because somebody said, well, you know, uh, it seems like Blake really knows how to behave. I said, look, I'd like to say that our our son does everything the right way. I hope he does. But honestly, I see a schedule. I don't think he has time to
1: get into trouble. <laughs> and, and uh, yeah.
0: The, yeah, so how do these people get into trouble? Where do they find the time? <laughs>
1: man i don't know because i was trying to get a little sleep when i could
0: (laughs) (laughs) you just want to lay down
2: marcel you were talking about i mean you have to stay in shape because like you said you never know when the phones are going to ring you could fill in what what is a workout You're, you're 32 years old now what what does a daily workout look like for you
1: uh man i get up every morning same thing like football like it's it's programmed in me that I automatically <laughs> get up at five thirty in the morning. Every I I've been like that. I can go to sleep at like four thirty. And then that my I got that internal program that I'm getting up at five thirty every day. So I used to get up at five thirty. Uh I actually train two doctors in the morning. So I train them, uh, personal train them at their house. Uh, and then I'll do that to like six thirty and then I'll go work out from seven o'clock to about eight thirty. And then I got two other guys that I go train uh, at 8.30. So I'll train them from 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock. And I got one other lady that I train from 10 o'clock to 11. And then I'll come back and train at 11.30, from 11.30 to like 1.00, go home, come back, and help do classes at Gracie Baja. Uh, and then I'll train again at 5 o'clock uh, that night. And then I'll go home and back back to it again.
0: Well, no wonder you sleep so good. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 mean I,
1: I would sleep good, too. I mean, I,
0: uh, that's uh, so uh, you, you see when we started talking, when you spent your time and y- you you seem to be a little bit familiar with the show. Did, were, were you familiar with the Rick and Bubba show uh, before you came? I on- was,
1: man. You know what, man? I listen to you guys all the time. because Y'all have me rolling on and laughing about the funniest stuff all the time. So, like, I definitely, yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, so you, you were... No, we from, appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, we appreciate that. So we've, we've been at it uh, a long time, so there's, there's A
1: long time, yeah. Yes. I, I enjoy you guys.
0: Well, thank you for that. So uh, I appreciate...
1: I feel it.
2: like my alarm clock bare-knuckle boxes me when it goes off at 3.30.
1: Yeah, well... <laughs>
2: hey,
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, it kept right between the eyes. Can you can you imagine? I'm thinking about these people that he personal trains. <laughs> oh, I know. Can you imagine who's your personal trainer? Marcel Stamps. Are you serious? Oh, my gosh. So do you do, now you know, you don't try to make them do what you do. I mean, tell me you have. So it's got to be people. age adjusted, Come on, right? man. You can't do. You got to know what we can and can't do.
1: Uh it is. But I also like just pipe it down just a little bit. But like they still do a lot of stuff that I do. It's just not as intense.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you, 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 because us older people, if we get hurt, we can't go back next week. Don't, I mean, you don't, <laughs> we don't heal, don't, quick. Yeah, don't hurt us. I mean, <laughs> just we need to get our heart beat. We, we need to sweat a little bit. I mean, I don't have to go fight anybody bare knuckle. And, uh, yeah,
1: and I don't, I don't get that intense with them, but they, like, the ones that want to do weight loss and the ones that want to tone up or just want to be healthy and like fit. Like I just design programs specifically for them.
0: Yeah, so we got we got about uh, uh, forty seconds left. What what? Do, speaking of that, what do you eat? What, what do you try to? I'm not talking about do cheat. Do you even have cheat days? What What do you <laughs> normally eat?
1: Uh, when I'm not fighting, I eat whatever I want to eat. Really? <laughs> I I train so much that it just goes off, man. Uh, but when I get ready to fight, I actually drop down and actually get more uh, like into my diet and make sure that I'm more strict. But when I'm not. I just go ahead and enjoy myself, man. I train so much that yeah. like it just I burn so many calories a day. Yeah. So when you when so you he
2: get, means he likes milkshakes
0: too. That's right. Yeah, really? that's right. So but you would lean meats and, and vegetables when you get yeah, down to train. When I,
1: when I get ready get ready to cut weight and put in, there, I get a lot of like lean meats, proteins. Uh, I eat a lot of fats because I burn it off like right. stuff like that.
0: Good faith. Well, look, we want to consider you uh, on the Rick and Bubba security team. So, uh, you know, <laughs> you, you, you are the Rick and
2: Bubba
1: security. You,
0: team. You, we may we may call you for another <laughs> gig if you're
1: interested. Perfect. I love it, Marcel.
0: Thank you so much, man. This has been a blast and a continued success, thank you, to man. You. Uh, Marcel Stamps, thanks for being with us and thank you for joining us for this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast.